Now, we are in the middle of a series called The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly. How many of you guys here... You kind of think back, right? I was hoping to have some tumbleweed to roll through here, but uh, job on that. I'll just design a graphic for you, not give you actual tumbleweed. Thank you, Jenna, for doing such a good job on that. But hey, we are in the middle of a series. Last week, straight up wrecked me. I don't know about you. Uh, we have all been touched by tragedy, have we not? If you did not listen, if you were not here or did not listen to the podcast or watch it online, you can go right to our Facebook and see that. Um, you need to watch that. Such a, uh, I mean, man, Drew was just honest and real about what he's been through with his encounter with tragedy. And how many of you realize that all of you, all of us have faced tragedy one time or another? Can you agree with me with the raising of a hand? Okay, so if you have not been touched by it, you will. But what's so great is heaven's fulfillment in the midst of our tragedy. Heaven's fulfillment in the midst of our tragedy. I love that. So this thought process is important for us as we keep moving forward and talking today uh, about really the life of that guy that I talked about before, his name being David. I love this guy because I think he's such a real person that I can identify with. How many of you have read up on David before or even listened to how we started the series and said, man, I can identify with that guy. Anybody with me on that? You know, I can totally identify with that guy, and I do more times than not because I try my best, like David, to be a man after God's own heart. And I'm sure uh, you try to be a woman after God's own heart if you're a lady in this place or online or wherever you're at today watching. I know we try to be people after God's own heart. Like David raises that shepherd boy anointed to be a king at a young age and fighting giants and, and running from kings and all kinds of crazy stuff and having all kinds of separation within his family from mistakes and have, having a child die and all of these things. Man, can you imagine how to maintain that title of being a man after God's own heart through all that? Because tragedy will come, difficult times will come, the good, the bad, the ugly, everything will come, and how we respond is all we have. So what I want to do today is, again, look at the life of David, this time from a psalm, uh, the 139th psalm, and we're going we're gonna to glean some things from David that I think are very important for us. As I was preparing for this, I said even last night at the table with my son, Aiden, and I said, son, I want you to read that. He's 12 years old. Okay, uh, he's been in kids ministry here. Obviously, now he's a part of student ministry at the foundry. So he loves he loves the word, you know, because that's what they get in both places. He loves to hear the word. He loves to, to think about the word. And I asked him as a 12 year old son, when you read through this, what do you see? And it was so important and so wonderful for me as a dad to hear important, but wonderful to hear as well, how he talked about the reality of God there. He talked about the reality of God. And like I, I, I you know, illustrated earlier, uh, none of us has given God a high five. If you have, welcome back, okay? But none of us has given God a high five in our everyday lives. I didn't see Jesus walk, though I know he did. Scripture tells me so, and many historical uh, provings of that very thing. You know, I didn't know. I haven't been there. But I know that Jesus is real. I know that God is real. And I know that his Holy Spirit is real because I have experienced him. And I said it last week at the conclusion of the sermon. If I were to beg you for anything in the world, if I were to beg you, if I were to get on my knees and be like, please, 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 I would beg you to do this. Know God. Know God. And the reality of who he is and what he wants to do in your life. 
Know Jesus and, and who he was as he was here on earth and what he did. Know the Holy Spirit every single day as you journey through this life. God is real. David helps us understand that in that 139th Psalm. So what I'm going to do is, is read through, share a little, read through, share a little, and we're going to journey together. It's believed that this 139th Psalm was written as David was becoming king of Israel. So it was something that he was, he was proclaiming in his own life. It was a realization that he had about the future and what was to come, but also he, who he would be in it. So we start with this, and you may have heard this before. Follow along with me. You'll see it on your screen. Matt Veekman, great job. A file got corrupted. That dude ran back to a computer, got the files again, came back, loaded them in. You have scripture on your screen. Veeks, you're the man. Give him some love. Okay. So we see this. Uh, Psalm 139, 1 through 6 is where we're going to start at, and I'm going to share some things from there. You have searched me, Lord, and you know me. Is this starting to ring a bell yet? You may have heard this growing up. You know when I sit and when I rise. You perceive my thoughts from afar. You discern my going out and my lying down. You are familiar with all my ways. You are familiar with everything. God, you're in it. You're here. You see it all. Before a word is on my tongue, you, Lord, know it completely. You hem me in behind and before, and you lay your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too lofty for me to attain. What David's saying here, pertaining to the reality of God, is that he knows us. He knows us, and he knows everything. We're talking about the character of God. You may have heard some, some words that describe who God is, and, and one of them is this understanding that he's, he's omniscient, that he knows everything. You ever heard those omni words before, that those Christianese maybe to some, those big words? But you know what it really means? Is that he knows you. You know, he knows you and he knows everything. And I think this is so important for us to remember that God knows you. He knows you. We see that in the scripture there when he speaks. You have searched me and you know me. He's saying here, David's like, you have looked within all of my life. You have searched everything within me and you know me. You know when I sit and when I rise. You perceive my, you discern my far, I love that. From afar, from just way out, you're already seeing. You discern my going out of my lying down. You are familiar in all my ways. And I love this part that's really cool here. Before a word is on my tongue, Lord, you know it completely. You know what's really fun after 15 years of marriage to Miss Kara Myers? We will literally be thinking the same thing. Anybody understand that in marriage? Have you had that already? It's kind of one of those weird things. The other night, it's, it's about 8.30, 8.30. And we were at the house, and um, she'd been saying for a couple days that she wanted some Rita's. She wanted some Rita's water ice, okay? Can I get any amens on that? Anybody like Rita's, okay? Yeah. Revival just happened. Cody, thank you for leading us in that in worship. It just happened, revival around Rita's. Uh, as Andalyn would call it, Rito's, okay? She's always called it that since she was a baby, Rito's. But we, we were sitting there at the, in the garage and, and just sitting in our chairs and looking out upon our expansive estate, just our driveway. And um, I, I remember she'd been saying this, and, I, and here I am Googling real quick, what time does Rita's close? You know, and then she goes, you know what we should do? 
we should go to Rita's. And I show her the phone. And it was one of those moments. I'm like, Joss. That's what she does when she gets, Joss. Oh, and we're just, oh, you know, kind of thing. But this, this thought process that this, this earthly, this heavenly earthly being named Kara Myers can figure out my thoughts, thinks them before I do, gives me a thought process and understanding in my own life that this real God knows them even more, which can be a little scary. Because some of the things I think as a human being are so selfish, so diluted and polluted, so not good sometimes because my human nature you know, but he knows these things, but yet he still loves me. How cool is that? See, David's life, as you may know, if you read up on it, was comprised most days of a hot mess, but yet he was still a man after God's own heart. God knew his heart, had searched him inside and out, everything about him, and yet still God called him. Scripture calls him a man after God's own heart. I love that. This you hem me in behind and before is such a, a beautiful picture there, like a city being besieged, being taken over. And you see this, that, that God you know, sets up such, a, such a, a, a barrier around our lives, like such a perimeter that he hems us in, he keeps us safe in such a way that we cannot be besieged by someone else because he has besieged us, he's kept us within. And it says, your right hand is upon me. And this right hand was so different. You know what I'm saying? Because this right hand meant something more importantly, I think. Make sure I have this. You lay your hand upon me. This such knowledge is too wonderful. You, you, when that hand is laid upon you, it looks at that anointing side of things. It looks at that appointment side of things. It looks at, at God's hand being upon your life. He searches you. He knows you. He hems you in. But he puts his hand upon you. He doesn't want to let you go with this thought. Isn't that such a beautiful picture that God wants to be that real in your life? And David ends with this thought process. Mind blown. When was the last time your mind was blown by God? When was the last time that you read or listened to scripture or something like that? And you were just like, I got nothing. My mind is straight up blown right now. Brian, we'll have those kind of conversations sometimes where God just throws something and he's like, dude, God is so good. I'm like, bro, isn't he? Because we give God air high fives all the time in that way. When you know him like that, trust me, my, my relationship with him is not perfect by any means because I'm the imperfect one. But when you have this, you will find yourself sitting and be like, I don't even know what to say. You've searched me, you know me, and yet you still love me. My mind is blown right now. He knows us. He knows everything. And God has not forgotten you in the midst of your good, bad, and ugly. Right? He's omniscient. He's omnipresent, which means he's everywhere too. Psalm 139, 7 through 12. I love this. This is so good here, guys. Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to the heavens, you are there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, even there your hand will guide me. Your right hand, again, we talk about that, will hold me fast. If I say, surely the darkness will hide me and the light will become night around me. He's saying here, look, listen, even darkness will not be dark to you. The night will will shine like the day, for darkness is as light 
to you. Isn't that beautiful? That he's with us in every place. What a picture here that we see. And David, listen, David, I'm reminded of that time when he had found himself. 1 Samuel 24 is the reference in scripture. But he had found himself uh, running from Saul, this king who wanted to straight kill David because he knew David was set to be king and Saul was insecure. Anybody know anybody like that? Maybe someone at work that's insecure that just wants you to be out, okay? And everything they try to do, it feels like it's against you. David found himself with some of his mighty men at the backside of a cave hiding out. And here comes Saul with his 3,000 best of warriors that he's trying to come after David and kill David. Saul finds himself having to use the potty, right? You ever been on a hike? Had to use the potty? That's real deal right there. Start wearing the pens because it can get really scary out there. Saul goes into that cave. David's in the back of that cave. David in a dark and lonely place of life, but also in a dark and lonely place, even surrounded by people in a cave running for his life. And he has the chance to take matters into his own hands. He has the chance. And even his friends are saying, hey, listen, man, God has delivered Saul unto you, David. Look, he's up there using the bath. He doesn't even know that we're in here. Look at that. Check that out. David, go get yours. Now's your time, bud. Everybody around him. But see, David realizes something in this moment, that God was there more than Saul was and also those men that were around David. And that God had a sovereign plan that he was with David in that moment, that he's everywhere around David, and that he wanted David to say, look, don't take these matters into your own hands because what you do now will change how you live forever. We have to remember that, guys, that, that God is with us in everything, that we don't have to think that he's only going to be there when we get there. He's there right now. Does that make sense? Because so often we'll make a split-second split decision that changes the course of our lives because we thought that God hadn't shown up yet. Is that true? I've been there. And then I've had to suffer the consequences of these decisions. This is God's best plan. And even there in great extremes, God's hand was upon David. Psalm 139, 13 through 18. For you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's room. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Sidebar to that was fun when I was a kid. My dad, he would blow dry his hair, right? He would blow dry his hair when he'd get ready. And his name was Big John because he was a hoss. All right. When he was healthy, dad was like 6'4". 280 deputy sheriff. I mean, like, he worked with Clint Eastwood, okay? He was, I'm serious, Big John rolled up in with that super stash from the 80s. You know what I'm talking about? There's like children getting lost in it. You know what I mean? Like aborigines popping out. I mean, this dude was legit. And he'd look up in the mirror. I remember this. My mom will laugh about it because he'd be like, <clears throat> you look good. And I wonder if dad, you know, read this scripture and be like, yes, David. I am fearfully and wonderfully made. How many ladies say that to yourself? It's okay. You better because you're beautiful. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place, 
When I was woven together in the depths of the earth, your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. How precious to me are your thoughts, God. How vast is the sum of them. Were I to count them, they would outnumber the grains of sand. When I awake, I am still with you. We're going to stay. The reality of God here, guys, we see is that he created us and he gives us purpose. He created us and he gives us purpose. So often in life we wander and we feel like, what, who am I? Why am I even here? What am I supposed to do? I feel like everything is failing around me. I had this job in mind. I had this relationship in mind. I wanted to get that car. You know what I mean? I wanted to go to that vacation. I wanted to visit this place. I wanted to go to that restaurant even. I can't even get what I want to eat. You know what I'm saying? And we feel like, what am I even doing here? God is real And he created you. Are you listening to me? That same spirit, he's talking about where can I hide from your spirit, you know? That same spirit that was at creation was in the creation of you breathing life into your body. And that same spirit, the Holy Spirit, breathes life into you each and every day. David just sat back and was like, God, you are a powerful creator. You knit together my inmost being. You knit together my soul that lives forever. Gosh, think about that. Forever. Not temporary. Forever. Carol, I know this is, it may be hard to share, but I was so blessed to be at your father's funeral this week because it was a true celebration. As the pastor shared that this man's soul is not here This man's soul is with God. And I was so encouraged by that because this man, your father, Carol, knew what it meant to live beyond this earth. He knew how to live on this earth, and he lived well and produced amazing children, especially you. But he knew that it did not stop here. He knew that his soul would live on, that God created his inmost being, knit him together in this way, and he lived beyond himself. Thank you for that, Carol, for letting me be there for that. See, it's way more than what you think. It's way more than today. God is real and he wants to be real to you, but you got to allow this to happen because he's also a real gentleman. I think about that. He's a gentleman and he created you and he created you with purpose, but he will not push himself upon you. He's waiting for you to say, show me the purpose for my life. And I know there was checkpoints along the way for someone like David who messed up more than he made it right, where he realized, man, God still has a purpose for my life. He knit me together. He knows my thoughts. He's given me his spirit. You know, there's just so many. God, my mind is blown. David, a man after God's own heart. If we were to try to count how good God is and has been to our lives, we'd run out of time. Psalm 139, 19 through 22. If only you, God, would slay the wicked. We get a little turn here in Scripture, right? We get a little turn here. Things change a little bit. David's like, if only you, God, would slay the wicked. Away from me, you who are bloodthirsty. 
They speak of you with evil intent. Your adversaries misuse you. Do I not hate those who hate you, Lord, and abhor those who are in rebellion against you? You think David's getting a little angry right here? You think he's a little, a little upset? Do you think things are not setting well with David at this moment? Think about all that he'd been through. Hiding in the back of a cave, someone that was supposed to represent Lord, this king that people wanted. And, and he doesn't represent the Lord at all. And these people that follow Saul around, you know, thinking about that, you know, it's like David's like, man, these people are ridiculous, God. I know you in such a way because you know me in such a way. And look at these people. I'm downright angry. I'm frustrated. I'm mad. This is ugly. I have nothing but hatred, he says, toward them. I count them my enemies. What does this say about the reality of God in this moment? It says that he's active within us and he gives us passion. What do you mean by that? Do you think this is some passionate dialogue that David was having with the Lord? You ever had passionate dialogue with a friend like this? Talking about another friend? Uh-oh. I can't stand her. Look how good she looks in that dress. Ladies, don't do that, okay? Or maybe it's the dudes, you're like, I can't stand him. He's got more guns than I got. You know, not like that. But like on the real, sometimes we look at people, especially when they talk against your Lord that you love so much, that you've experienced life with, that you understand puts you together, that searches you and knows you and knows everything about you. But you get angry. Why? Because he's active within you and he's given you passion for him and for this world. As long as you don't sit in your anger, that's okay. But it's one of these things here that we see passion, that God created you with passion and he treated you with compassion. Passion, what is that? An emotion, number one, there's two definitions for it, two, two words that would describe what passion really is. An emotion, which is feeling or affection, but also the other side of that is the suffering. So you got this affection, right? This emotion, this feeling, but you also have the suffering side of it. Now, who does this talk about? You ever heard of the passion of Christ? See, we're passionate about God as Jesus was because we're, we're compassionate toward others. Our chief end in this life is to see people come to Jesus. Our chief end in this life is to see people saved. So sometimes we get a little passionate about what we say. As long as you don't sin in that. David was passionate because of the compassion that God had upon his life. And the last thing is this. Our worship team, if you guys want to come up. As we conclude this 139 Psalm, we see verses 23 and 24. You see that on the screen. It says, search me, God, and know my heart. How did this psalm begin? How did this song, a song that was meant, how psalm means a song that was meant to be sang within a congregation of people. How was this, this, this psalm started by our friend David? It was started by God previously searching him and knowing him. It was started by God looking into his life and seeing his heart and what it really is and the thoughts that he really had, David, for who he really was. But we see after this whole conversation, this song that we would sing and our fellowship together, that David ends with the same desire. Like I said before, letting God in.
How can he become real with you if you never let him in the house? Think about that. If he's always at the door knocking, Scripture says that. I stand at the door and I knock. You know, he, if he's always at the door knocking, but you never let him in, how can you hang out with him? If you never pop open your Bible or, or, or maybe, you know, start to listen to your Bible when you're working, things like that, how are you going to hear his voice? Anybody ever said, I have struggle hearing God. I just, I've never, I, I don't, I can't hear God. What's wrong with me? Anybody ever felt that way? I have. Anybody felt that way? Thank you for honesty. Anybody else? I don't hear God. First thing to do, open the word. Because I guarantee you, you've probably read this psalm before in your life, but you've never heard it like this. Because when you open it up and you break it apart, his Holy Spirit teaches you things that you've never heard before. And it may be something different every single time. But you got to let him in. He said, search me, God, and know my heart. Test me. And know my anxious thoughts. I got an amen on that right here. Anxious thoughts. Anybody with me? Anxious thoughts. It's like, oh gosh, is this going to go? It's, a, it's just going to blow up. Is that going to do that? Where's my kids? Oh, they're, they're gone. They're gone. They're gone. They're down the mond somewhere. But they didn't have life vests on, so no telling where they're at. You know, what happened to this? What happened? You know my anxious thoughts. Yet he still loves me. See if there is any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. The last reality of God that we receive from David today from his song, from this scripture that we have here, is that he's living within us and he gives us peace. That's hard to think about sometimes, isn't it? If I were to make it in such a way that makes sense, when folks go before us and they pass on, all we have left is the memories, right? All we have left, the only way that they live on is living on within us. Because everything else, there may be physical reminders and things around us, but really what I have and I keep dear to my life is the experiences I have with my father. For me, playing baseball under my dad, you know, getting coached by him, being called Sally Ann, it was formidable. It really helped. Sally Ann Myers, pull up your dress and hit the ball. Like, yes, yes, dad. He meant well. I remember as a kid, like 12 years old, I'd travel with him because he had a traveling job for sales and I could help him. And I loved working with my dad. That memory lives on. And when you think about what God has done in your life and living within you, again, you're not giving him high fives every day, but you're carrying with you the things that you've experienced together. The memories of what has been done the present understanding that he is with you through his spirit, but also the understanding that he will be with you from this day on. I love that. He's living within us and understand that he gives me peace. He says, search me. David's saying, God, look deep within. When's the last time you told him? Just God, listen, I'm asking you here. Just look deep within me. I I'm opening myself up. All right, God. Come on in, by the way. Come on in, God. Come on in. I made some coffee. It's just me drinking it, but come on in. Sit at the table with me. Open your word. What's going on? Search me. Look, look at my heart, not just today, but continually. 
See if there's any impurities, anything, God, that is separating me from you because I want this communion with you. I want this unity with you. God, I know I've made a lot of mistakes. I've done this, I've done that, but I want this. So search me. Lord, test me. Test me and and see if I'm trusting you or not. Like Drew talked about tragedies, you know, difficult situations. We don't like that. We don't enjoy that. Guys, I like things put together. I like to wake up in the morning, have my coffee. I don't want to talk yet. I ain't handling some big issues right now. Leave me alone. And then let's talk in just a little bit. I like things a certain way. We do that in life, though. We trust us versus trusting him. And then when a test comes along, we're like, God, where are you? You've left me high. No, 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 no. God allows things to happen so that our faith continues to grow in him. Tell my kids not to run on pavement too fast, you know, or if there's something where they can slip, I'm like, slow down, slow down. You know what I mean? I told you. Why don't you coddle me? Why don't you cuddle me? Why don't you run to me? I will come to you. But listen, do you feel that right now? You feel that? That hurt? Slow down. Parents, are you with me? Because I'm not going to be with them all the time. God will. I can't. They need to to learn to, to trust him. I need to learn to trust him. We need to learn to trust him. And sometimes tests come our way, so we learn it, but we will trust him. And this last thing is, see if there's anything offensive. He's talking about some idols that we can build up in our lives really quickly. You know, I got convicted over the last week. Um, I like to work hard. Anybody with me? I like to work hard, and I feel like my worth and my value sometimes is really weighed in how hard that I work. I try not to sacrifice family. I don't on that altar of work. I really, I try my best, and Kara will tell me if I'm being bad, so that's good. But sometimes work can be an idol, and that's offensive My thoughts in this way and my desires about work, that's offensive. And David's saying, God, search me if there's anything offensive in me, any idols or things that I've built up that are more important than you, take them from me. Search me and know me. Search me and know me. Search me and know me. So if God were to search your life out right now and if he were to display everything that he knows, what would that look like? Would you want somebody to put it up on the projection screen on the wall, your thoughts, your actions, things that you've done? See, I love the thing about God is like he knows everything that's on there, but he just goes over and hits the power button. So other people don't have to because he loves you. He doesn't want your dirty laundry out there. He wants you to be intimate with him and talk to him about it. He doesn't want your anxious thoughts 
displayed on the screen. He wants you to talk to him about it. Your insecurities, he doesn't want you to to have that played out in the relationships in your lives. He wants to talk to you about it as he searches you and he learns who you are more and more. But more importantly, you learn who he is. God's real. He's relevant. He's present. But it's up to you to let him in, sit at the table with him, and talk. And saying, search me, know me. Search me, know me. I think that's why David remained a man after God's own heart after some of the most atrocious things any man has done in his life. He had a man murdered because of his sin. Come on, y'all. A man after God's own heart. That tells you the redemptive nature of God. doesn't matter where you've been or what you've done. It matters more to God who you are becoming in the process. So I want you just to take a moment with me. And uh, we like to just close our eyes for a second because it then closes out, distracts out with the Holy Spirit a little bit. And a lot of times, as soon as you close your eyes, what you were thinking about, what the Holy Spirit said to you when you heard Scripture being spoken of pops up on your eyelids, and you're like, there's my struggle. Maybe you feel like you don't even have a relationship with God. I'm telling you He's here, and I'm telling you He's been there for you. But you just don't feel it right now, or you may not have felt it forever or ever. But I want to challenge you today in this moment to say, search me, God, and if I'm separate from you, I want to be with you. What does that mean? You say, God, I'm turning from my own life and desires, and I'm putting them on the table before you, and I say, here's everything. If there's anything that I've, I've done wrong to separate me from you, it's on the table. Take it. Because you were the substitution for my sin, Jesus, and you died in my place so that I could live forever. Take it, take it, and just give me back what I'm supposed to have. And you'll see that he gives you back peace. He gives you back a relationship with him. He gives you back life eternal. So if that's a decision you'd like to make this morning, to give your life to the Lord. Give control of your life and become a man and woman after God's own heart, regardless of how you may mess up in the future, because we all do. If you'd like to do that today, could you just like look at me for just a moment? And when you do, thank you. Just close your eyes again, if you don't mind. Just a moment. Anybody else? Okay. Lord, we thank you so much today that we have chosen to follow you. That God, you have challenged us to ask of you to search us so that we can be known by you. Even though you know everything about us, you love us. I know it blows our mind. Like David said, I just, I, I, don't, I don't understand it. I don't know why you're so good, God, but you are. Even though it blows our mind, God, we receive it today. We receive that relationship with you. God, you are real. And you're more real now to some of us than you've ever been.
We thank you for that. And Lord, we bless you. Lord, we love you. In Jesus' name we pray.